release yourself of that guilt. I think that that's like a big, big message. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably looking for some guidance or some support, or maybe, you know, you feel like you're the only one who feels the way that you do. And, you know, the biggest piece of advice that I always give working mothers, because, you know, I always say I'm, I'm not just a mom, I'm a working mom. And I always say, release yourself of that guilt and judgment because people are going to judge and they're going to have their thoughts and they're going to do it anyway. But you have to listen to your own inner dialogue. And I think that that's where it can get tricky. So yeah. if you just let things go, if you just, oh my gosh, you know, it's not devastating. The kids are going to be fine. Let, let it go. Yeah. You know, I think that the corporate world has adopted this idea that, well, because COVID is more manageable, then now you can come back into work as you did before. But I think there was just this really big enlightenment for working mothers where we've recognized that maybe coming home at seven o'clock isn't the quality time that we've been looking for with our children. When you're rushing to get dinner done and you're trying to get their homework done and you're doing a million different things, I think that there's a difference in the quality of time that we have spent with our children. So unfortunately, I do think that people expect us to go back all in, you know, and it's the can't stop, won't stop mentality. But I like to leave myself that little bit of room. And that's why I mentioned to my bosses and I said, look, this is not something where I'm willing to come back in 100% full time because I know that that would be potentially damaging not only to myself, but to my children as well. Previously, I would get up at 3.45 in the morning and I would be at work until maybe 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I was done. I was home. You couldn't get me back there unless it was a big meeting or, you know, something of that nature. But now I have found that I'm working more. I took a call at 6.30 the other night. I had a 5.30 call on a Friday, you guys, you know, but I was there. (laughs) I had an interview that I had to do at seven o'clock because the person who was interviewing, that was their only availability. So I feel like there has to be a give and take. And and I I do, I, I really truly believe that if employers looked at the big picture and said, okay, maybe Susie can't come to work Um, Monday through Friday, but let's work with her. Maybe she doesn't come in on Mondays or maybe she doesn't come in Mondays and Fridays, but we're going to get her Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and she's really going to give us what we need in office. I just wish there was a little bit of um, finessing there with people so that like, you know, because we also can't expect our employers to just bend to whatever we need because they have other people that they, that they have uh, their employees. But there should be a conversation. And that's where I think that we're really missing the mark. This is Level Up, a Mother Honestly podcast powered by Indeed. The last two years have been about mothers taking a step back to support our families as we navigate the post-pandemic future of women at work. We are back, ready to level up personally and professionally. We host real and honest conversations with global leaders in parenting, business, work, and life, providing step-by-step solutions for your next level. I am your host, Blessing Adeshion, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, energy, supply chain, and operational excellence leader, and a mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Molan, founder and CEO of Victory Public Relations and mother to two boys. We are here to level up with Indeed. Hi, Blessing. How are you? Oh my, I am doing great. Just, it's been, it's been yeah. a crazy, crazy day already. I got a call about smallpox from school. And oh my gosh, um, I was told that my daughter was placed in isolation for smallpox. And I ran into the room and just grabbed her and I said, Show me the smallpox. And they're like, Oh, the box dots in my head. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Smallpox have been eradicated since 1980. <laughs> oh my God. Blessing, are you okay? Like, after <laughs> that, are you okay? But what was funny to me was that she was in school for eight hours. 
isolated. And nobody called, they called my phone, they sent me emails, but we are currently in fundraising mode for Mother Honestly, so I've been heads down. So matter of fact, my husband did all the drop-offs. Um, and he said, you know, try to do pickup if you can. And so I didn't check my phone. I literally was heads down, walking on my deck, trying mm-hmm. to perfect my pitch. And next thing I know, I got, you know, I got, I finally found my phone and I was told about a smallpox issue, which is a deadly virus, by the way. Um, so I ran to the school and I said, okay, wait, let's, after everything, I said, okay, what is really going on here? Why did you not call a father? Mm-hmm. But my phone was blown up. My emails were blown up, but nobody thought to call the dad on the phone. Yeah. So these are the things, right, that we talk about. I almost feel like these people, <laughs> there's always something to talk about every week when we, when yeah. we um, because like my friend Eve said, society protects and values men's time like it's diamond and women's time like it's sand, like whatever, yeah. you know, you're supposed to be free and available anyways, come pick up your kid. So oh, that's, God. that's me. I'm sorry you? to hear that. I am, well, today I'm great. I have had a very busy couple of, um, you know, like a busy, crazy 10 days or so. We had, um, our nanny was out with COVID, which is, we were just saying, and I feel like I, it's so crazy how I rely on her and how just any disruption to our schedule is, you know, it's felt through all components of my life. My youngest son graduated from kindergarten this past week, and that was amazing. It was very bittersweet because we've been at his school since 2015. So it's really during my formative years as a parent, you know, that is the school where I made my friends and I learned from so much from the teachers that um, goes well beyond, you know, the alphabet and all of the other wonderful things that he got there. you know, it's just, it's the end of an era, but it's wonderful. And today has been amazing so far because among other things, we just had a conversation with someone that I admire tremendously, Carolina Bermudez, who is the host of Carolina with Greg. I might be messing up the name. Carolina with Greg T in the morning show. That's on KTU, which is a radio station that I grew up listening to. It's the beat of New York. Um, And she's just, amazing. She's so honest. She's so, you know, heartful. And I've said to you for a long time, Blessing, um, that I thought you guys would become fast friends. And, you know, you certainly in your career and in your background, very corporate heavy, you know, so, so, you know, serious in a good way. Um, And her career, which is to make people feel good and light as they're rushing to their, you know, work, whether it's remote or in office. But the conversations that I've always had with you guys have been so similar. And so I'm so glad that we've been able to, that we were able today to get us together and have this conversation about all of the experiences and challenges that mothers are continuing to face in the workplace. I love it. Oh, I'm, I mean, today's, I was just fangirling, first of all, but I think what was even exciting to me was how on topic she was about every single challenges that women, men, in fact, everyone is facing today in this post-COVID workforce, in this new era of, you know, di- literally taking DIY to the next level, right? Like we are doing everything on our yeah. own. And just how honest she was, right? I mean, she she just went straight for it. Like, this is what is happening in my life. This is what's happening in my home. This is what's happening in my work and in my personal life. And this is a, the advice that I can give women like me. And I think, you know, a lot yeah. of times we look at ambitious and, you know, successful women like Carolina, and we think, oh, they must have it all, right? And I think this is just a reminder that everyone is going through the same thing. It might look different for you, but we are all in this boat together, going through this life and just really and truly putting our best foot forward every day. We're trying our best. It's the truth. It's the truth. And I love what she, you know, the way that she talked about the idea of 
you know, we have to care for ourselves also. And she sort of gave life to this idea of that we, I think we all had an aha moment at that moment it was, it was where we realized, yeah, caregiving is not just about caregiving the care that we give to other people. It's got to be about the care that we give to ourselves too. So I hope that, um, you know, I hope that you, I mean, we've said how much we both enjoyed the conversation and I hope we can continue it on for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's dive in with Carolina Bermudez. Okay, so um, Blessing and I didn't have the opportunity to like fully group on this interview. So we're going to sort of freestyle it, if that's okay with you. I know that works for you. That works for us. Should we just dive right in? I'll kick off the same way. We do our intro, like the official intro during our host chat, which we we record separately. Okay. So let's just... Well, I want to know how many many kids do you have, um, Karina? Well, you know, that depends because my adult child, which is my husband, I count him every now and then whenever he's not coming through for me. But normally he's, you know, dad, he's my husband. So I would say I have two biological children. And then I also have a dog who is also kind of one of my children, too. So I would say I have my two little boys who I'm just so incredibly proud of. They are six and eight years old, my Asher and my Noah, and they are my entire heart. I absolutely adore my little boys. I love boys. And they're about the same. They're like nine and six-ish. Is that right? They're six and eight. They're about to turn seven and nine. And uh, the funny thing that we always say to people is my boys both had the same due date. And that was by chance. That was not planned. Um, I had my first son on September 6th in 2013. I got pregnant with my second son and I went to the doctor and the doctor looked at me and he said, well, how does September 6th look? And I said, That is not possible, sir. Mm -hmm. I said, my first son is already uh, born on September 6th. I said, what are the chances that that would be my due date? But since I had a cesarean for my first, I was able to plan. And I spoke to the doctor and I said, look, my first son is already going to get things first in life for Mm -hmm. everything. You know, I said, just by default. I said, so I want my little guy to have his birthday two days before him so they can always celebrate it together and so that he can always have one up on his big brother. That's the I only know. thing that he can say he has first. So yes, yeah, that's how it worked out. That's so that is awesome. That is so awesome. I know my, my <laughs> last two daughters are very close in, in dates. So one is September 11th, which, whew, September yeah. 11th. And then this, the mm-hmm. last one is September 13th. I'm, I might, I may even be mixing it up, y'all. I don't even know. Well, I do it all the time. I, I give the wrong year for some. I give the wrong day. And then I always just look at them and I'm like, listen, I'm a mom. I can get away with it. I have so many things going on totally. in this brain up here right. at all points in time. So if we mess up their birthday, it's okay. They'll end up getting I'm going to use that also. Coincidentally, my kids, my two boys are both October, one week apart, October 4th and October 11th. And my anniversary is October 4th. So I like mix all of it up all of the time. And I feel guilty about that, but I'm not going to anymore. No, release yourself of that guilt. I think that that's like a big, big message. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably looking for some guidance or some support, or maybe, you know, you feel like you're the only one who feels the way that you do. And, you know, the biggest piece of advice that I always give working mothers, because, you know, I always say, I'm, I'm not just a mom, I'm a working mom. And I always always say, release yourself of that guilt and judgment because people are going to judge and they're going to have their thoughts and they're going to do it anyway. But you have to listen to your own inner dialogue. And I think that that's where it can get tricky. So if you just let things go, if you just, oh my gosh, you know, it's not devastating. The kids are going to be fine. Let let it go. You know? So I just, I I wish I could adopt it in other areas of my life, but definitely when it comes to things like this, I, um, I live by that. I want to pause here and talk about our partner, Indeed. The last few years have forced women to rethink the role that work plays in their lives. In fact, flexibility has become a major priority for women going back to work. As a mother of four, I understand how important it is to have flexibility in your job. 
As much as I would love for things to always go according to plan, life with kids is unpredictable. Indeed can help mamas like you find a company that is empathetic and understanding of your needs. Because it's not just about finding a place to work. It's about finding a job that works for you. With Indeed, you can find a job that has the flexibility to fit your life, not the other way around. Not to mention, with Indeed's Work Happiness Report, you can make sure a company scores well on the things that matters most to you, like compensation, inclusion, and flexibility. Visit indeed.com slash betterwork to learn more about how Indeed is committed to helping women find better work. So as you know, Mother Honestly is all about supporting working moms. It is a very challenging time for working moms right now. Um, and it seems at every corner, at every turn to get a little bit more challenging. So one of the things that we like to sort of do to take a little bit of a, um, maybe a lighthearted look at some of the, um, or provide a way for people to like navigate through some of these challenges is look yeah. to the women that we admire and find out how you make it happen. So what does childcare look for you? How do you, you know, keep things together with your husband slash fourth child. Yes. And what, if at all, does self-care look like for you? Okay. So we're going to break that down one by one. First off, I would like to say that I found you on Instagram um, organically because I am also in that boat. I am one of these people who is constantly researching. I'm constantly looking for ways. How can I help myself what can I find as a resource to help my listeners and our audience? Because I know there are so many women who are in the same position. So um, as far as childcare goes, I will, I'll go back. I'm going to rewind to the pandemic where we had um, live-in childcare. And um, my husband got COVID first. And we approached our nanny at the time. And we said, look, he has COVID. The best thing for you to do would be to stay with us for the next 10 days or however long it is until it cycles through this house. But we know that you have the right to go to your own home or, you know, with family. And so um, she chose to leave and she left for good. <laughs> so she did not come back. And if you can imagine, I, at that point, um, we caught it very early on in March. I was working from home. I was homeschooling. I was taking care of my husband and my two children who got COVID. I ended up getting COVID near the, uh, after them. And it was just this overwhelming monsoon of just emotion. Um, I thought, I wasn't going to get through it. I didn't know how I was going to disinfect the house, how I was going to get through all 30 loads of laundry, because, you know, you had to do all of these things to try to like get yourself back on track. So after that, um, really, it's been very challenging for me to find childcare because of my schedule. I get up in the middle of the night. Um, a lot of people in the industry that were working in childcare left. They decided that they didn't want to do this type of work. So it's been extremely challenging for me. Um, I've found sitters here and there that can help every now and then. But as of right now, I am getting up at 445. I have a 20 minute block of time where I can go upstairs. I wake my boys up. I pop in a waffle. I give them to eat. I have their things that they need to get ready in a basket. And, um, you know, I feel like this has really taught them a lot of independence because they have to get ready for the bus. They have to get ready to go to school. So um, I come back downstairs. I do a little bit more of my show. I go back upstairs. We get backpacks on. We walk down to the driveway. I get them on the bus and they are gone, you know? So it's, um, it's definitely been challenging and difficult, but I will say that it has brought my children and I so much closer. I mean, these are opportunities that I never would have had working in morning radio. I never used to get to wake up my children. I never used to see what they would have for breakfast. I would rely on somebody else. And so I try to always look at the bright side of things. And it's given me an opportunity to make sure that they're getting nutritious meals in the morning, that I'm packing them nutritious things for lunch. But I wouldn't, I would be lying if I said that it was easy because it is not. Yeah. It, it's been really, really tough. Totally. Are you going into the studio or are you at home? 
So I know you were at home for a while. Yes, I'm still at home. Um, I'm only going to the studio right now um, for interviews or client meetings, things of that nature, where, you know, if they really need me there, and this is something that I had to have a tough discussion with my boss because... I basically broke it down and I said, listen, I am giving you guys, I have not stopped working since the beginning of this pandemic. I've given you guys 110% and beyond. What I can't do now is compromise the well-being and the health of my little boys. I said, these are humans. This is not a joke yeah. to me. They come first. So if you really had to put me in the position of coming back in every day, I don't think that I would be able to do that at this point. So luckily, I have an incredible boss and um, both my direct boss and the boss above him. They've been very flexible with me. I mean, I clearly don't take advantage. I'm working every single day. My yeah. product is on the air. But um, it, it's it's kind of like you have to juggle. There are those mornings where I have to go in yeah. and dad has to help take care of them or, you know, they have to pretty much figure out how to get things done without yeah. mom. And, and it's a, it's a great learning lesson for everybody. Totally. Wow. <laughs> I know it's a lot, right? It's a lot to like digest and take care. Going back in time, just in March of 2020, when, I mean, we, it, it felt like we, the rugs and everything we were pulled out from underneath us. Um, and I remember I was in New York and when I go back home, I actually shared a video recently of me just crying and wailing in the car because I was just done. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm like, how did we do it? You know, getting out of the house, I would get out of the house 5 p.m. Yeah. 5 a.m. and come back 7 p.m., literally rushing back to daycare to pick up the child and you know, rushing home to clean, cook, put the laundry away. It's a lot. It's its really a lot. So, Carolina, can you, how have you seen, I mean, because you're, you're in media and you, mm -hmm. you speak a lot, you know, with women, men. What has changed for parents that are in your circle um, since the pandemic and now? What is, is there a silver lining? Is there any hope? Is there anything we can be optimistic about? Or are we going back to the stone ages where women are expected to pick up all of the failings of society or the workplace? Yeah, unfortunately, I my outlook, it might not be a popular one, but I can only speak my truth and what I see. And unfortunately, I feel like just because the world has gotten to a place where maybe COVID is becoming a little bit more manageable, there's that expectation that we're going to go back to the way that we were. And that's where I like to remind people that this is not a one size fits all return to yeah. work. There are people like me who simply don't have family members around to help. You know, I mean, I speak to my sister, my, one of my sisters lives in Florida. And I said, what I wouldn't give to just call you and drop off the children and say, girl, I need an hour to get my nails done because I need that mental release. I'm around the children all the time. I've got the work pressure on top of me. You know, I don't get that freedom to do that. And of course, as a mother, you want to leave your children with somebody that you can rely on or that you trust. Um, I think that the corporate world has adopted this idea that, well, because COVID is more manageable, then now you can come back into work as you did before. But I think there was just this really big enlightenment for working mothers where we've recognized that maybe coming home at seven o'clock isn't the quality time that we've been looking for with our children when you're rushing to get dinner done yeah. and you're trying to get their homework done and you're doing a million different things i think that there's a difference in the quality of time that we have spent with our children so unfortunately i do think that people expect us to go back all in you know and it's the can't stop won't stop mentality but i like to leave myself that little bit of room and that's why i mentioned to my bosses and i said look this is not something where i'm willing to come back in 100% full time because i know that that would be potentially damaging not only to myself but to my children as well Totally. Actually, the story that you shared of how you approached this with your bosses is very familiar to me and very reminiscent to me of the one of the first stories Blessing ever shared with me pre-pandemic mm -hmm. about how she had a very similar conversation with her boss because I think at the time 
blessing. I, I could be wrong, but you wanted a work from home day, just one work from home day. Am I correct about that? I wanted to work from home day on Fridays, and I was told a big no. So right. yeah, to do a lot of work, and Andrea, you know the story. But I mean, those were pre-COVID, and so mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where why is it that when women want something, the answer is no? Is even before we examine anything, it's no, and the minute it's a man asking for the same thing, it's like, let's think about it. And I bring this up because there was a, um, somebody had mentioned something last week and said, you know, she would, she had a newborn and she would, you know, take calls 8 a.m. every Monday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somebody that just had a newborn, you know, you had to, you have to make sure kids are out of the door and then the new baby. And so it wasn't really, helpful right so she did this for a year and a half but then a guy on the team um had divorced his wife two two years prior and now has a new girlfriend and the girlfriend is out of state so he has to go on fridays and come back early monday and then decides that team actually you know i always get in at around 10 a.m so i'm just wondering if we can move the meeting to 11 a.m you know and that was it. And that was how the meeting was moved. <laughs> oh, yeah. The flexibility is just, it's so astonishing to me that, you know, that's where we are still today, where, again, I always bring up, and I, I love using the word humans, because I don't say like, oh, my son or my little boy. I say, these are two little humans that I am responsible for. And yes, they are my boys, my, my babies. I adore them. But when you put it on that level yeah. for someone where it's like, I want you to understand that these are little people that I am responsible for. And blessing, don't even get me started on the asking to, where, whenever it benefits a company, and this is something that I, that I think that I can speak about candidly, because when I was pregnant with my second son, I was a part of a two-person show, which was uh, Cubby and Carolina, and I was pregnant. And, you know, um, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but in so many words, I was, I was asked when I might be coming back from my maternity leave. And I said, I'm going to let you know, you're not even allowed to ask me that question. And I, I think that's very important for women to understand what their rights are. And I think that family is something that people need to be familiar with. Yeah. If you're a new mother, or if you're thinking of having a baby, really learn what your rights are. And I said it, you know, and, and not to get anybody in trouble, but I just said, I can't predict when I will be back. There are complications after a woman has a baby. There are some women who have a baby and they're back on their feet within a week, which I don't agree. I don't agree with. I think every mother needs time. I think every mom needs time, whether, you know, you can afford it or not. I mean, that's a whole other discussion in this country. But what I said was, look, I would, I would be willing to come back early because I know that this show needs me. And so what I did is I made it work for me. I said, okay, if you want me to come back early, then you need to build me a studio and you need to provide me with the equipment so that I can come back if that's so important for you so that I can work from home and I can give you what you want, but you're gonna give me something that I want too. And so there are literally shows that I can go back where I was trying to get my son to breastfeed and I am on the air and I am juggling a newborn baby, a six week newborn baby. And I'm trying to have a conversation on the air and what's going on behind the scenes, nobody would have ever known, but it was something where I felt like I needed to do it because I had a responsibility to my show, but I also had a responsibility to my baby. And if I could go back and do it all over again, I would never, ever, ever give up that time. But I didn't give up that time. You know what I mean? So that's where I have like a little bit of an issue where I have that internal struggle with myself because I did make it work for me, but I know that it wasn't the time and the devotion that I should have been giving to my newborn. I feel like that is such a theme of what we're, you know, what I'm seeing people talk about and even my own experiences, both pre and post pandemic 
which is this idea of like, number one, what is it that you and your family need? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your needs? And also we are career focused. And so we want to be committed to the career and we want to do the right thing for the people who were who are relying on us to do our job and how can we make those two pieces fit? It's not a one size fits all. Um, And it's not always easy to broach these subjects with the people that we answer to professionally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think a very, and that's something that we are trying to tackle on this episode. I mean, I'm sorry, on this season Mm -hmm. where the theme of the season is leveling up, you know, so how do we level up? Um, I would love to know an example of a time when perhaps you had to level up in your career that was, um, you know, it didn't seem like it was going to be possible. And certainly you've lived, your career has played out very publicly, but I'm sure that there are some behind the scenes moments that we're not aware of. I would say, yeah, I think that that was my biggest hurdle is um, making sure that I could stay home with my son and give the company what they wanted, but also have the flexibility so that I could be there for my baby. But look, I mean, it is, for me, I will say it's anxiety inducing. You, I don't like going to my bosses unless I absolutely have to. And I think that it's a practice that most women would prefer not to do. But I think that once you have those conversations, they're all building blocks. So the first one's gonna be hard. But then the second one is going to become a little bit easier because you have that experience of speaking with them before. And those are the things that you need to do. You have to have tough conversations to advocate for yourself. You have to be the person that goes, look, for example, I'll tell you just um, in returning to work, everybody returned to work on a certain day. And I said, number one, I have to take care of my kids and I don't have childcare. So that's number one. But number two, I don't feel safe right now walking in. And I'm just going to let you know, I'm not willing to come in at 530 in the morning when, you know, the city is the way that it is currently. And it's unfortunate. I love New York City. I consider myself a New Yorker. I've been in this town for almost, what, 17 years. So I, I moved here in 2005. I married a New Yorker my babies were born here. So I I do feel like I'm a true New Yorker, but I'm also not going to compromise my safety because you guys want to let everybody know everybody's back in the office. And so that was an actually, that that was a very difficult conversation for me to have. And I said, look, I'm not unwilling to compromise, but it has to be something to where I feel safe and it's necessary because I'm not going to come in just so you guys can tell that you have everybody back in the office. Um, I won't compromise yep. my safety. Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing the same thing play out. Um, I think it came out in the news last week that our very um, not so good friend, Elon Musk, um, who everyone knows, I do not have a lot of um, good things to say about him because he said everyone should come back to the office or else. So walk mm-hmm. three hours a week from the office or else. I don't know what the threat would be. It could be people would potentially lose their job. And we're starting to see a lot of companies say, you know, we want bots and seats. And the question is, if we've been productive working from home, what is the new driver for them? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What, what a CEO said, I want to make sure that people are actually working. Well, I, oh, go ahead, Caroline. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, I think it's interesting. And I was going to say, actually, before you even brought up the Elon Musk headline, which I read and I was so disturbed by, because I that, again, we go back to the, um, you know, putting a circle in a square peg or however, what, what yeah. that saying is, you know, it's just like, you're trying to make this thing happen. And it's like, that's not reality anymore. I do have to say, and I, and I say it proudly, I am so impressed with my company and the way that they have adjusted and the way that they have really fostered this idea of me working from home. There are not a lot of working mothers in my office on the air that are on the air. Um, as far as like in sales and other positions, yes. But like as far as on air women, there, there aren't a lot of us. And so I think that they have been extremely understanding. I think I am not the norm. I have to give I her mm-hmm. credit because they what I produce is on the air. If I'm not working, you would know it. And not only that, 
the one thing that I've brought up too is that, you know, previously I would get up at 345 in the morning and I would be at work until maybe 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I was done. I was home. You couldn't get me back there unless it was a big meeting or, you know, something of that nature. But now I have found that I'm working more. I took a call at 6.30 the other night. I had a 5.30 call on a Friday, you guys, you know, but I was there. I had an interview that I had to do at seven o'clock because the person who was interviewing, that was their only availability. So I feel like there has to be a give and take. And and I I do, I, I really truly believe that if employers looked at the big picture and said, okay, maybe Susie can't come to work Um, Monday through Friday, but let's work with her. Maybe she doesn't come in on Mondays or maybe she doesn't come in Mondays and Fridays, but we're going to get her Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and she's really going to give us what we need in office. I just wish there was a little bit of um, finessing there with people so that like, you know, because we also can't expect our employers to just bend to whatever we need because they have other people that they, that they have uh, their employees. But there should be a conversation. And that's where I think that we're really missing the mark. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of it goes back to there's no one size fits all. Mm -hmm. We've been remote since inception. And it was all based on the fact that I wanted to be a present mother. And I couldn't support the nine to five, nor could I support the commute, which felt like a waste of time. And in my field, in person is just not required to be effective. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, you know, we don't, we we're not a manufacturing plant. We're not a, you know, there are a number of different businesses that I don't know how they make remote work. I don't have the answer to that or the experience, but I agree completely that it, it would be great. And I think it, it would be, it's even more important for working mothers and families in general, Mm -hmm. that there's a willingness to have these kinds of conversations about redefining what the work day, work week, whatever looks like. Because I'm finding that everybody I talk to is working on a different sort of schedule, mm-hmm. even when they're predominantly in office. And I, Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, we just need to have conversations. I, I wrote, I, I, oh. shared, I shared something on the Wall Street Journal. Um, I think he came out on yes. Saturday. And, and, you know, it's the same thing at home, right? When you're trying to, you know, get on the same page with your partner. Around, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we make sure that we're both showing up um, as our best selves for our family and for our kids? It needs to start with a conversation. You can't just show up and be like, "It's a forty-hour week." It's a, you know, here's the system. You know, it has to be that as a conversation, yeah. which is which is why I love what Andrea said. Um, the best flexibility is one that works for both the employer and the employee, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's one that everybody, you know, feels. Like, wow, this, you really did consider me, right? Like I feel considered as your manager or as your, you know, as your employer, I feel considered. You as the employee feels that you were also considered in that decision making, which is why from the very beginning of this pandemic, one of the things that we've been, when we talk to employer is please just sit down and have a conversation, Mm -hmm. have a conversation because it's never, Perlina, like you said, it's never going to be a one-size-fits-all solution. We may end up finding that some people want to come in once or twice a week because, quite frankly, I, you know, head out to the co- to a co-working space to work, even though I work from home. I'm like, you know what? I need a change of environment. I'm trying sure. to go head down. I don't need a baby crying. I have an eight and nine-month-old. Like, I don't need oh. anyone crying. Blessing has four kids. I know. I like. I you're sitting here talking to me, and I'm in shock that like you can even do this. What I, the the progress that I've seen with your Instagram and just everything that you're doing to build awareness for other mothers, it is just so incredible to me. And you have your beautiful family of four. I mean, it's just it's we are amazing. Moms are amazing. Thank you. Truly. Thank you so much. But that's that's what we mean. It's just really we've been talking to employers since the beginning of this pandemic to just sit down and have a conversation. Um, because well, I was on the I was on the other end where my manager was, you know, be available twenty four seven. He said I needed to be at my desk twenty four seven. Um, and if I don't, um, you know, there'll be repercussions. And so a lot of women are going through this and um I, I want to make sure that we touch on a topic that I'm very, very, um, you know, that I would, I'm very excited about. And I think that it's going to be very useful as we go in into the summer. 
Um, it's this issue, and you talked about it in the beginning when you talk about childcare and and just how hard it is about the childcare workers that have left uh, because of you know quite frankly low wages, right? Mm -hmm. This this um, a lot of times we're asking way too much of childcare workers, whether mm -hmm. it's a childcare center or families, and so we are now in a situation where. 41% is the increase in childcare costs in this country since the pandemic. So essentially, if you were paying $100 before, you're now paying $141. That's exactly- Oh, you're paying. Trust or, me. Or, or you are paying. paying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So so we have that. And then we have yeah. this summer camp, right? Now we're in summer. And so everything is expensive. Moms are literally blasting our DMs as I yeah. speak, saying, I don't know what's going on but my kids mm -hmm. are home with me. It feels like COVID again because my kids yeah. are home with me. We couldn't find any placements for childcare. The ones we could find were, find were too expensive. I have to consider taking a break from work. So, yeah. I mean, how do we, how do we handle these things? <laughs> I'm just... Uh, okay. Solution <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, you know, my heart hurts hearing that because the one thing that I wanted to bring up on this podcast, because I was just so excited to talk to you guys about this, is that I believe that companies need to invest in their employees, especially their employees who have children. And this is not just for women. This is for men as well. Because when yeah. I am working, the person in charge, we live on Long Island, I work in the city, um, is my husband. My husband has his own financial planning practice, but if he worked for a corporation, perhaps if we thought of like a childcare center where, you know, if a parent is working, the child could come in or, you know, there have to be alternatives. And what I'm saying right now might not even be the answer, but there has to be a discussion, a really robust discussion about how we can find a way to give that support to workers while they are working because they're going to be better employees for you if you help them take care of these problems now i don't know there there for me as i think the corporate world is so far behind on this that they have to play yeah. catch up and they are like i'm talking 40 years behind as far as the working mother movement goes. Um, I think corporate America has really missed the mark. I think they could do more for the women who are working. And by the way, let us not forget that women are graduating from college in record numbers, that we will be the ones that are taking on these positions. So I hope that women in management will be the ones to really start this movement. But as far as moms who are looking for alternatives right now that their kids are at home, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. The one thing that I would recommend is perhaps you can look at local high schools or colleges. Maybe they have a program, even if it's a half day program, it might be a little bit more affordable, but it might be yeah. what you need to talk to your employer and say, look, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I take my son to camp. Can I work from home on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that I can be there to drop off and pick up? Or trying yep. to figure out or maneuver these things because it isn't easy. Or maybe there's a church nearby that's offering a day camp. You know, I, I know that there are challenges for parents during the summer. We are faced with more screen time. We are faced with trying yep. to juggle your work with the children's activities. I always tell my kids, I'm not here to entertain you. If you are bored, go upstairs. You have a ton of toys. If not, we have to clean out because if you're not interested yeah. in those toys anymore, then you know we have to figure something out. But they live their time. We say the same thing. It is so challenging, but also libraries. I know our library in our town has a summer program for kids, whether it's reading. You know, My kids, I've told them point blank, Reading doesn't stop in the summer. You have to have quiet time with an actual book, not your iPad, for an hour. If I get 20 minutes, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Because a lot of yeah. kids come after the 10 minutes, mommy, what should I do now? Mommy, what can I do? So I think that maybe going on Facebook groups could be helpful putting that question out in the town where you live. Maybe people have suggestions or maybe even reaching out to if your friend has a retired mother or you know you have somebody that's in your church that might be looking for a little bit of extra money i don't know it is so so hard you guys it really is and i know that most moms 
this time of year, they're dreading summer because they just don't know what to do. And if you have multiple kids at different age ranges, what are you going to do then? Yeah. Yeah. We've actually, um, on something that you said made me think of an experience I've recently had with someone who we hired around this time last year, Mm -hmm. and she was very specific about what her schedule would look like. It was not anything that we'd ever encountered before. It's a um, basically Monday through Thursday, nine to three schedule while Mm -hmm. her kids are at school. And when I tell you that she has been more productive than other people in that role who worked you know, the full nine to five, Monday through Friday. It's unbelievable. And I know that I'm sure it's a personality type. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she certainly, you know, I'm not sure what the specifics of her childcare are necessarily, but mm-hmm. she is very devoted to her work while she is, you know, during her hours. And it got us thinking that, you know, we can be particularly mothers, because that's what my experience is with, but I'm sure employees in general, you know, the amount of what we can produce during a condensed period of time is remarkable. If we give ourselves the chance to say, listen, we're going to try this. It might not work out, but we're going to try this in the interest of making sure that the life, the lived experience of the employee who is a parent and the children is a positive one overall. It doesn't solve all the problems, but I was that set us on a totally different trajectory where we do encourage people to be a little more vocal about what works for their schedules because that's Mm -hmm. where it starts. If you don't speak up for it for yourself, nobody will. No. And to be willing to try and recalibrate and figure things out. And it's, again, it doesn't solve all the problems and we still have blips in childcare and the summertime is another thing, but it is remarkable what you can do in a given period of time if you're not riddled with a million different distractions, including the commute when it's unnecessary. Well, isn't it amazing how productive um, this employee is and the expectation was set and she's delivered. Now she doesn't leave feeling work uh, guilty, uh, feeling guilty, thinking, oh my gosh, now I left early today. Or you don't feel like, wow, she's cutting out at three o'clock. That expectation is there. And you know that when she shows up again tomorrow at 9 a.m., whatever was left before, if you don't have somebody else to support, that that's going to be the first thing that she tackles in the morning. I think that it's the overwhelm. I feel like the word that we're looking for here is simply flexibility. I think that there needs to be flexibility when it comes to working mothers and working fathers. There are plenty of working fathers who are single dads and we got to be, I have to be honest, I have seen more single dads trying to navigate and giving women credit and saying, I don't know how you guys have done this. So I think that it's basically a working parent issue because now more than ever, I think that there are more men that are getting custody of their children that are having to find childcare that are seeing the same struggles that we've had before and it's blowing their minds. Well, and, and, and Carolina, well, well, what we're even seeing with our moms is that it actually goes beyond even working parents. We are now, I think because, of you know a lot of us are millennials right so we are now in the caregiving category as well right so it's almost a caregiver issue period and i almost maybe maybe after this i'm going to go write the article i've always wanted to write which is that caregiving is a workplace issue um because it's not just moms and dads it's also anyone who cares for someone right it could be your your parent it could be your aunt it could be your uncle it could be your pet i had a friend who you know she's a single you know lady and mm-hmm. had a pet and the pet had cancer and she really and truly needed to take the week off she was shattered you know and she had to take the pet to the you know to, to the vet and and you know they found yeah. a bunch of different things and so we are now at a point where I think that because we've been so focused on, wow, you know, moms have issues and all of these things, what I'm actually realizing, the more and more time that I spend on this work, is that we have a caregiving issue in this country. It almost seems like the minute you start caring for something, society is like, you know what, you're not making money. Yeah. You know, next. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and, and, and blessing, it goes crazy. caregiving, the care that you give to yourself also. You know, we need to be able to take the time that we need and to build the lives that we need in order to feel fulfilled and um, safe, you know, and healthy and happy, I think. 
I really love this perspective because it's one that I haven't thought of before, but I want people to put themselves in your friend's shoes. Okay. So here's a young lady who is just has, has their dog or cat. I don't, I don't know what, that they love, that they cherish, that they've invested all of this time and love and energy. And now they have to have a conversation with somebody that is really not understanding what this means to them. And now you're put in a position where people are potentially going to talk about you behind your back and think, oh, wow, look, oh, she's trying to get time off for her dog. Or I think that that in general, there is just this lack of compassion for people when they're going through these struggles that it really is concerning because if you just give people that, that little bit of grace, if you just let them know, Hey, this has to be hard for you. Do what you can. We'll be here. And you give them that little bit of space to just kind of take care of themselves and take care of their loved ones. I swear the fulfillment level would be, would skyrocket. People would want to be working for those places, but you find that a, a lot of people feel resentment toward their employer because of situations like this. It's very true. And as far as like the self-care goes, I have to be completely transparent with you guys. This has been a roller coaster since 2020. And Blessing, I saw your post where you were crying. And I'm going to say something that is, is very embarrassing for me because I liked your post and I wanted to comment on it. And everything that I said, I kept erasing because I didn't think it was good enough to have, to help you understand that I understood. There's just this really tough thing for us to express what we've been through. I find that I've gone through to therapy, obviously, since, um, you know, all of this happened and, and my therapist really helped me through and I've always been an advocate for therapy. But I will be honest and say that since the pandemic began, the self-care for me has always been last and it's definitely yeah. affected my outlook on life, the way that I've parented, the way that I've worked, you know, just my general disposition. And, you know, in some ways it's made me better. And in some ways I feel like I have a lot of room for improvement. I love that you said that. And I think that this is a full circle moment, right? Because Andrea just said something that caregiving is not even just about all the people you care about, right? It's also about you. And I Mm -hmm. think that a lot of time as, as women, we are always the last. We, we, we put ourselves last. Always. In fact, you're not even on the to-do list. I am never on the to-do list. There's nothing like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, take one hour to sit down and just relax and, you know, and, and, and maybe go, I don't know, go golfing, get a massage, do whatever it is that I needed to do. Right. And I think that we need to start reframing this conversation, right, to say, so if, if we believe, if we truly believe that you know, motherhood, parenting, care um, is not just something that is reserved, caregiving is reserved for mothers alone. It's actually for all of us. Could we even start shifting the conversation that way, right? Mm-hmm. Say, Look, this is not just about mothers. This is not about dads. This yeah. is all yeah. of us. We are all burning out. I think yeah. regardless of whether you have kids or not, 88% of employees are burned out. And so it's, and, and oh, by the way, if we even look at the statistics, which I have been spending a lot of my time doing, eight out of, <laughs> eight out of 10 employees are caregivers. So, you know, it, it just makes sense for us to say, how do we put ourselves and all these other people that need support, how do we place those people first? How do we consider their well-being? So that, yeah. like you said, Carolina, they yeah. can actually be, you know, successful and they can be of good use even to the employer. Um, anyways, I don't know where I'm going with all of this, but yeah, I- no, I but I, I want to touch on something there though. But like even that, even that thinking about it is the mental load that people don't acknowledge. The mental load is really where I feel like I've carried a lot of weight. It's when do I get the kids physicals? They haven't been to the dentist. Oh my gosh. I have not gone to the dermatologist in two years, everybody, because I constantly put myself last. You know, I saw, um, I I saw something in my calendar that reminded me that I was like, wait a minute, 
I haven't been to a dermatologist in years. I need to get my skin checked. You know, I mean, there, there's just a number of things. And it's like, we don't have enough laundry detergent. And oh my goodness, is the dog going to go to daycare? There are all of these things that just the mental load, I think, is so overwhelming that it's like, where do you even begin? So I think that conversations like this are super important because I think the number one feeling that anyone wants is to be seen. I feel like people just yeah. want that acknowledgement that like, you are not alone. I may look like I've got it all together, but meanwhile, I am paddling underneath that water I, like crazy, just trying to get to the other side because I know that I have a family that I have to take care of and I have my career that needs to stay on track, you know? So I think that is something that hopefully people will take away from this discussion is that if you're feeling like you can't do it all, it's okay. There are other people who feel that exact same yeah. way. And we're hopefully trying to get these building blocks or this community together where we can all just be honest with each other. Um, you know, I feel like social media, it's at times it's more of a hindrance than a help. I have been very yeah. vocal on my social media. I will put on my stories, hey guys, I'm not doing okay. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I'm totally fine. I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't want people to be alarmed. Mm -hmm. I just sometimes yeah. say, I need to take a break to just focus on what's most important to me. And that's my family. And maybe checking Instagram is just not going to be a priority for the next week. You know, I mean, there are just a number of things that I feel like people are afraid to speak up for themselves or they don't want people to think that like something's wrong and it's okay to speak your truth. Yeah. I love that. It's that's a I love that also and it's something that I practice all the time and I realize even when you eliminate things and you only focus on the few things that are important to you, work, family, yourself, you know, mm. you try to lump that all in there. The list of things you need to do is still insane. Mm -hmm. And so you I think that that's where this conversation really people need to feel empowered to say, okay, I can't figure this out. I love the article blessing that you were cited in, in the Wall Street Journal. That is, you know, frankly, one of my hardest challenges is having these conversations with my husband, who is a very willing partner. I'm very mm -hmm. lucky to have him. His brain just does not work the same way that mine does. And I find that I feel, I start to feel annoyed when he doesn't do something the way that I would want him to do it. And then, you know, those conversations go off the rails very quickly and we haven't accomplished anything. We don't have the groceries we need. We don't have, you know, the appointments, the exterminator, whatever it is. So <laughs> I just had to do that last week. <laughs> the exterminator. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, but it causes resentment. And then you have to deal with that on top of everything else that you have going on, you know, and it's like you have to work through those feelings, which, you know, I will say the same. I have an incredible partner. Is he hands on? No, Monday through Friday, he really isn't. It falls on me. And that is the arrangement that we knew we were going to have when we started having children. Yeah. And are there times where I wish he would pick up the slack sometimes? Absolutely. And when he doesn't, does it make me upset? It does. But as a couple, we have to work through it because this is our family unit. And there are times yeah. where I'll say to him, you know, I've been up since 445. I have to pick up, I have to drop off my son at basketball, pick up is at 7.30. Do you think you could pick him up for me on your way home? You know, it's just, you need yeah. people to kind of show up for you, but they won't do it unless you express it. Absolutely. And we have a similar dynamic. Um, and we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. My yeah. husband um, is, you know, works long hours. I have always been the lead parent. That was by choice. It's the other thing. You have these babies and you want to spend as much time with them as you can. And that ends up being sort of a blessing and a curse when yeah. you try to factor in all of the different pieces. And now because our kids are getting older, they're more heavily involved with sports. And my husband has taken on coaching for, you know, multiple teams. So he even said to me the other day, he's like, you know, I don't know how you did it yeah. like with the PTO and all of those things and balancing work. And you know, it's not a per, it's just, I guess that's the summation of all of this. It's not perfect. There's no. no perfect solution. We just have to try the best that we can and be, feel as though in our work environments at home, we can like make the mistakes that need to be made as we're trying to figure out what works for us. That Carolina, I will say, um, having this conversation with you is always so interesting to me because you are such a source of joy and oh. levity <laughs> in your job. And, and that's so valuable when I listen to you on the radio and, you know, um, my kids laugh at the 
prank, not even the prank phone calls. It was the girls versus guys thing. The battle, guys yes, did. yes. Yeah, yeah. And we listened to it on the way to school and they laugh at it. And it's, um, it's not a small thing, truly. Thank you for listening to the Mother Honestly podcast, a production of the Motor City Woman. Before you go, the Mother Honestly membership is open. We offer programs and toolkits that support you on the home front and work front. Corporate memberships are also available for employers looking to provide real solutions to employees at home and at work. Our Mother Honestly team are Robin Kinney, Audrey Goodson-Kingo, Christine All, Oluchi Obonaya, Fumbi Showande, and more. Follow us on social media at Mother Honestly. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your reviews are important to us. Leave us a review and share with a friend. Come back next week as we level up with Indeed.